appetite for distortion. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 240. My name is Brando, the very first episode of 2021. Will there be new Guns N' Roses music this year? Uh, I have no idea. (laughs) We'll find out one way or another. But when this podcast continues, this uh, six degrees of Guns N' Roses bacon, uh, Guns N' Roses GNR themed bar mitzvah party of a broadcast continues. And uh, in this first episode, it's going to be a fun one. Coming up in a few moments, Mark Ford, former Black Crows, almost in Guns N' Roses for a moment. You, I'm sure, may have heard the story when he joined the Black Crows. I think it was a couple days later, Slash asked him to join GNR when Izzy left. Uh, that, that story's been told, but let's let's... Let's, let's do some reflection in the year 2021. Let's, how does he feel about it now? And we're going to speak with Mark Ford. And I say we, because I want to have a little companionship. I want to co-host as I welcome on Mark Ford. So joining me today as my official special co-host is uh, no, not a stranger to the program. You've read his work on AL.com, Spin, Rolling Stone, uh, Guitar World, Journalist, my my journalist friend from uh, Alabama. Happy New Year, Matt Wake. What's going on, Mr. Matthew? Yo, Brando. Thanks for having me, man. Good to hear your voice. Good to be here. Likewise. And we're going to get into what you have planned for us in 2021 as far as your articles, which are always so well received. And it's uh, I'm just really excited to see where you are going with this. But I know we're both here because we're both you more so. I'm going to admit that. Uh, you're more of a so otherwise I'd be doing a Black Crows podcast, but you you know more yeah. about the black the legacy of the Black Crows. So I'm really excited for you to join me today uh, for uh, the conversation with with Mark Ford, and then uh, after we speak oh. with Mark, we're gonna you know we're gonna talk about uh, Matt Wake a little bit. Excited to talk to uh, Mark Ford, a very special guitar player and musician uh, that made a. Good band, the Black Crows, great during his run with them. And he's done some cool solo stuff and has some other stuff in his history, whether uh, guesting on the Juju Hounds album, and he's got a new uh, live album coming up. So should be awesome. Sure. And as always, we'll we'll pick his brain. We'll, we'll connect the dots through uh, GNR Bacon, as we do here on the AFD show. <laughs> and I believe he's, uh, he's calling in now. Awesome. Hi, is this Mark? Yep. Hey, Mark, this is uh, Brandon with uh, Appetite for Distortion. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Man, remind me, we were just talking a little bit before, of course, Mark hopped on. When you did that that interview for or that article for AL.com years ago talking about Magpie Salute, did you you interviewed uh, Mark Ford back in the day? Or just because I know you're obviously uh, why I have you here. You're a huge Black Crows fan. And, yeah, that was that was actually for LA Weekly. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Mark and I spoke, and I also spoke with Rich Robinson for that, and uh, um, we talked about, you know, Rich and Mark getting back together, how they were a good combo, and we also talked, dug into, you know, some kind of cool, maybe lesser uh, talked about stuff from Mark's awesome career. Well, welcome, Mark. So let me first, like, say Happy New Year before we talk about your, you know, your new release and anything else. 
Right. Well, thank you. Happy New Year to you. Yeah. It, I mean, it was a weird one for sure. How did you spend most of your year? Was it prepping for this year, all the release? Like, what what, what were Mark Ford's plans going into 2020? <laughs> yeah, to not plan. That was my plan. I mean, like, you know, maybe the biggest struggle that I saw a lot of people have to deal with, which maybe I haven't. I mean, everyone's on my schedule now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I've watched so many people spin around thinking, I got to do this, I got to do that. It's like, well, no, you don't. You know, it's like, why? Because, you know, do you feel like you're just supposed to? You know, you got to kind of figure out what to do when you're not doing what you do. You know, who are you when you're not doing your thing? And I learned, I started to learn to surf, and my daughter started to learn to boogie board. And so, you know, I'm gone most summers. So, I got to not be on tour and get out in the water and, and uh, just do simple stuff. And then, you know, this this live thing sort of fell on my lap. And uh, the sort of the, the recording of, it, of this. And um, as I sort of farmed it out to a couple of people to test mix the phones, I just sort of like, man, that. I could do that, I think, you know, rather than spend all the money on uh, having a, a mixer mix 21 songs. I thought like, well, I'll just buy, you know, get some gear. I've updated some home stuff and got, got into that Apollo gear. And anyway, mixed it myself and we could have video for it. And it, so to answer your question, just learning how to not have plans was kind of a struggle. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I'm like that too. When you have a day off, when you're always so busy, it's like, what do I do now? You're, you're kind of get jittery, which I'm glad now that yes, it's not because it's a new year. It's not like the the pandemic and coronavirus are wiped away. We still have to deal with things, but maybe we can plan a little differently, a little better. So uh, can you tell us the plan about live in Germany? This was recorded back in 2017. Can you give us the details about because there's a live stream to go with this, right? Yeah. Um, what happened was, um, you know, I may be fuzzy on the exact date, but um, we had some dates in, uh, well, I had a tour of Europe plan. And then during that tour, there were some magpie dates that were starting up. So, well, one festival I had to fly to. I was in the middle of this tour. So this was a month-long tour of Neptune Blues Club. Although I couldn't bring the whole Neptune Blues Club. It was it was, it was me and Mike Malone who sang some of the other songs in that band. And so the two of us went and picked up a couple of uh, rhythm section from Bristol through a friend of mine. Um, and we met in Belgium and... First time we played together with Sanchek and, you know, four, four or five days into this, every night later, five nights later, we were in this club, you know, and they have the facility to record and the film, multi-camera and all this stuff. And I'm not really thinking like, oh, what an opportunity to record what's happening right now because this is perfect and I really want to capture this. It was just like, well, that's great. I'm not going to do anything with it. It was just another night trying to get this brand new band functioning and having fun, you know? So that's why 
three years later, I guess the club goes down and the guy kept in contact with my son and he just said, look, I've got this audio and this video. Do you want it? <laughs> you know, so the hard drive came and, and here we are. And so I really had no plan because, uh-huh. I mean, you know, I'm keeping it, I'm keeping in touch with people, with John and Stan and we're passing ideas together and, and we have plans for someday when we can, let's get together and, you know, so music is being formed and I got to get into recording at home again a little bit and, you know, just learning how to coast really, you know, it's, which is part of making music anyway. You sit around and daydream mm. my whole life, you know, and you spend the entire day learning how to sit in one place on a bus or in a plane or in a room. I mean, it's not any different to me. Right on. everybody else around, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, right. On. I mean, I'm getting a little antsy. I'm getting a little because I want to play. <laughs> you know, with, but I guess it's good that, you're coming back with. Uh, I mean, I know it's not you technically playing live, but it has that live feel. I don't know if that's yeah. That's like pseudo playing in a way, right? Right, right, right. A way of getting a little bit of that that antsiness. I mean, I could I could run with the rumors too because people are asking me, you know, or telling me have a good trip to Germany, and I'm like. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. So, you know, it could go a lot of ways. And, uh, people, a big part of what people love about Mark's guitar playing and his music is what he does on stage, uh, in a live context. And Mark, uh, I thought it was cool. You mentioned during the pandemic, you picked up surfing and I was curious, uh, also during last year, like, was there anything, uh, you have kind of a, a sort of a, a unique style that people love and it's expressive and powerful and nuanced, but uh, I'm wondering if during the pandemic, did you uh, add or work on any new things on your guitar playing or listen to new people? I remember one time, I think for the LA Weekly thing, this didn't make it in there, but you talked to, I asked you who are some guitar players people might not expect you like, like, and you told me Richie Blackmore and I think Richard Thompson. So I'm curious, any new touch, any new things you messed around with on guitar while you were kind of waiting to get back to doing what you do, man? Yeah. I mean, you know, I do dumb things with myself to keep myself interested and pay attention and not rely on like, um, habits. You know, like, well, hey, I'll just not play the guitar at all for a long time, for a while, you know, because, um, I mean, I spent way too much time running to that thing and hiding, you know what I mean? As a kid and growing up and all the years, like, that thing has kept me so much company when it had nothing to do with guitar playing. Mm. So, um, when I go to it, I want to be intentional. I don't want to just go hide and disappear from something. And so I'll just put it down. And then all of the sort of habits that happen in your muscles drop away. When you pick it up again, you're a little flimsy and you really have to pay attention and you have to be intentional about what you're doing. I dig that because it, that stumbling makes me, first of all, the old licks that you just run through while you're watching TV, get out of the way. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's, you know, if it becomes rote like that, I don't want to be there. Like, it's got to be really, got to be present, I guess is what I'm saying. But, um, 
I put bigger strings on my guitar. I raised the action higher. I started listening to Michael Bloomfield and Roy Buchanan and just guys that plug straight in. And I made it more difficult for myself. So I really had to, you know, make my choices, you know. And then on the other hand, for the reunion of the Crows in 05, I, I went to super light, like eight, because... I didn't want I didn't want to use rely on muscle memory because once I got there and started I realized how much was involved like I didn't really have to relearn any of the songs my body knew them you know mm. so I changed the guitar's whole touch and feel so that I really had to be present with what I was doing I couldn't just be phoning it in you know what I mean mm. so I'll I'll do that to myself just to just to keep it interesting to me, I'm not going to get in and learn jazz. You know, what I mean? I'm not really going to get too far into any kind of methodology. It's all more about um, the conversation to me. And, and the conversation is interesting enough to me with a few words rather than have to use all 12 of them. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, Mark, off of that, uh, speaking of conversations, um, Curious, uh, uh, a, a good live band, you hear a conversation on stage sometimes between the players individually or collectively as a, a band. What are some, uh, what's one of your favorite moments from the Live in Germany um, album? And also going connecting back to the roots a little bit, uh, what's uh, a favorite, uh, what's your favorite of the kind of the classic Crow Studio album? Or a favorite track off those, you know, whether it's Southern Harmony or Morka Three Snakes or even the unreleased stuff like Tall in the Band. But something, a favorite moment from live in Germany and a favorite moment from classic Crows, Mark Ford. Stuff. Oh, man. Favorites are tough. Because um, if you ask me tomorrow, I might have a different answer. <laughs> but um, It's all right. What's I your really favorite would... today? That's okay. Yeah, today, I mean, I, you know, the thing I was surprised and really dug about the recording um, was remembering how much fun I had playing with those guys. You know, they were uh, they were right on me, and I could really test them if they were listening or not. And that, and and when they are like that, it it'll really freeze me up to have fun. And so, like the jams to me were fun to listen to. I've heard the songs, and we know them, and yeah, we make mistakes, and but. You know, it's the engine was working, and you know, it's like there's some jams in there that are really intense, you know, and, and it's really fun for me to listen to. And otherwise, I wouldn't put it on at all. You know what I mean? I had to listen to it to mix it, and that I probably won't ever hear that record again. Um, and I wouldn't have listened to it if I didn't have to make it a record. I just don't listen to myself for things. But when I need to, I, I really, I really dug the jam. You know what I mean? I dug that that uh, it made me want to play really bad listening mm. to it. And um, and with the crows, you know, generally I got asked this the other day, and like, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to like a lot of different parts of the music and things. But my most memorable, honestly, was the you know, was going into Southern Harmony and um, stepping into this 
uh, well, fun, first of all, functioning cool band with a bunch of like, you know, new friends and, and how exciting everything was because here I was getting up into the, the next level, right? And I had been working towards it on my own. Mm-hmm. But my thing wouldn't bust for some reason, and they were having a problem. So, you know, it was a good call to get. And um, when we were making the record, I mean, it was just a couple of days in Chris's garage that we were jamming through these new songs, and they weren't even finished when we went in the studio. Um, we were just plowing through them, and we knew it was working. We knew how exciting it was. You know, it was one of those things you don't want to talk about it too much in case you spook it away. <laughs> and uh, Like a no-hitter, like a perfect game. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, this mm-hmm. is good, you know, this is good, right? Wink, wink, oh yeah, it is. Like, shh, but, like you know, don't spook it. Like, and, um, and it was, but it was fast and intense and it was all winks and nods and it was, you know, and at the same time, we're scared to death getting found out because we're just trying to copy our heroes. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's a mixed bag, you know, but it was so exciting because it was something new that we hadn't heard before. Mm. And um, we thought, holy shit, maybe we arrived. Maybe we're getting this, you know what I mean? Mm. And it was a proud moment for everybody. Right on. It was exciting to listen to, for sure. I want to read some some comments from listeners because people were, were very excited that you were coming on uh, today, Mark. Uh, this is from uh, Martina from San Francisco. Uh, love Mark. Okay. Uh, he's amazing and, in my opinion, criminally underrated. Uh, a lot of the comments were, were like that. This is from uh, Matt from Poland, one of the best of all time, period. Uh, this was also you know curious. Uh, this is from uh, Nick. Fantastic guitarist. The Black Crows were better after Mark Ford joined. Didn't know he played on the Juju Hounds album. Thought it was uh, uncredited. So um, if I can ask you about that, we could deviate a little bit about that. Can you talk about your time uh, as we talk about guitarists and guitar heroes of people? Izzy Stradlin is a guitar hero of many. Can you talk about working yeah. with him and uh, on the Juju Hounds? Yeah, I mean, it was, I went in to do a track, uh, do a guitar overdub. And then it was, it, I mean, we were all doing a little bit of hanging out in those days. Um, you know, my band, Burning Tree, rehearsed next door to Guns N' Roses at Mace. And um, we were hearing each other every day, kind of, you know, bumping into each other. Yeah, essentially, they called me in to do an overdub. And at the time, I was new to joining up with the Crows. And so... I think they were trying to keep it pretty special that I wasn't out for hire, that I was now part of the Black Crows, you know what I mean? So, and plus there gets to be legal baloney with contracts and all that stuff. So basically I just said, look, just leave my name off of it. I don't want to deal with it right now. You know what I mean? Ah, okay. So, and that's how it went. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Because you were talking about, I mean, I'm sorry, continue. It was, it was a simple just, hey, will you come in? If he was looking for people to put solos on things, you know, Ron Wood was just there and I came in after him. He was there a couple hours earlier or something and I used the same amp that he used. You know, like, all right, there's a basement. It was good enough for Ronnie. He says, I'll plug it in. <laughs> <this show." laughs> 
I mean, that's just got to be flattering because you're, you're, you're talking about, and again, now in 2021, you know, how people still look up to you and want to hear, you know, hear Mark Ford. But at that time when you're kind of an unknown, I mean, you're still making a name for yourself. So, and I didn't, I don't want to ask the, the, the question you've been asked a million times because we were just talking about that time period when you joined the Crows and you could have had an opportunity to, to join uh, Guns N' Roses. But I guess as we, we touched on what was last year to you, year of re- reflection, year of spending time with your family, does that moment in, in your life, does that pop into your head and do you ever play that game of, it could be a dangerous game, but the game of what if, you know, do you ever play that oh, game? Oh, no. You don't ever play Man, that game? That's, okay. that's, that's, that's dangerous territory. Okay. That's, that's fantasy land, man. You, it's before, it like if you're looking back or forward, it's just dangerous. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, I mean, like you're you described the perfect situation. Like I think I I touched on earlier is where, um. In my mind, to be able to walk into that room, I had to first of all think that I was a bad motherfucker <laughs> and I deserved to be there. <laughs> but really, I don't know if I truly believed it. Like, I had to keep going, like, holy shit, man. Uh, Ron Wood, great. Ron Wood just played. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, oh, no. Well, here's the day I get found out. You know what I mean? It's like, there was always that, there's always that doubt with an artist that, you know, you're not really doing it because you know how far away you are from it. And you're just sure everyone else sees how far away you are. It's very relatable. Um, uh, speaking of, you know, thinking backwards or forwards or whatever, as a guitarist, Mark, um, obviously to get at the skill level that you have and the ability to express yourself the way you can on the guitar, You've had to spend a lot of time playing, but I was wondering how much of your playing now is instinctual and how much of it is kind of plotted out or composed in terms of more, you know, the interludes and soloing or whatever. And maybe how was it maybe earlier in your career when, you know, even going back to Burning Tree, even before Crows and, you know, guesting with Juju Hound, um, is it more instinctual for you now or you find yourself being more compositional now? And when you were starting, how did, how was that as a, you know, a guy who expresses himself on the guitar like that? Right. Well, um, I mean, the, the simple answer is that I learned to listen more um or before i was out to show you what i was gonna do mm. and i was out to you know to make things happen and 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 to, sh- to prove to you what was going on now i'll take every situation and and be the first one to admit if this situation does not need me you know what i mean it's like it's just about getting older you know what i mean you learn you learn the quickest way to a conversation is to stick with the point. And <laughs> I mean, <laughs> listen, listen to whatever the people are saying. So what you have mm-hmm. to say is relevant. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe you don't need to say anything at all. Maybe you just need to enforce someone else's um, thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe, 
Um, so before it was just about, I'm going to make it to the top of the mountain. Who's going with me? And now it's much more about relationship. And, and I mean, mu- music is heavy. And the more I know, the more I don't know. And, and, and I've, I've been able to get away with the same pentatonic scale throughout the whole thing. I don't need any more than that because there's so much more to explore other than the actual words of the language. You know, I understand the flow of language better now. And I, I understand, like, yeah, I think it is, I was always instinctual. But back then I only had a few tools and I used them as hard as I could. <laughs> and now I have a way more tools. And so subtlety is, is you know, the painting just gets deeper in rather than wide. I, I don't know how to explain it. Really. No, it's well said. That's something that I've heard actually from a few people, from a, a vocal coach and my therapist about, you know, expanding your, your, your crayon box or your toolbox, you know, you may not know how to use these things yet, but you learn as you right. go older. So no, you're, you're, you're I, I totally get what you're saying. It's extremely, uh, relatable. So, but that, that, the heavy thing with, I was saying this to somebody else the other day was that we were learning how to use all these new tools in front of everybody like on, on can, you know what I mean? Like mm. when, when I joined the crows and Rich goes, Oh, you play slide. Right. And I knew all they had, all I knew had, had to do was go, you know what I mean? Like, okay, I can do that. Yeah. I play slide. But then I had to go do it. And then we started playing with guys like Allen brothers. And then I really had to figure it out, you know, because it's like, it's like your resume, you, you, you kind of uh, expand, you know, elaborate on the truth or expand on the truth, you know, to, right. and you well, just figure you it know, out on the walk, job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew the job. I knew what job had to be done. Could I do the job on that slide? What they needed done? Yeah. That was the, that was the truth. You know what I mean? I picked up a beer bottle before or a, a lighter. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody has done that. I now I know much more about it. Um, I'm still using the same notes, so. but we were out there hanging it out with two Marshall stacks in front of you know however many thousands of people, opening up for the Rolling Stones, and and you know going like, "What do you got, dude?" And then <laughs> we were using all of it, man. Wow. You know what I mean? And just you know, it was. It was exciting. It was always right on the edge, you know, just absolute disaster. How many people were at the uh, the Germany show that we're going to experience? At least a couple dozen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a tiny club, you know what I mean? It's, okay. Um, it was a little tiny club tour in a van that we did. And then uh, it was just four of us and the tour manager guy in the gear. So... I mean, that's, um, that's going to be perfect to translate, uh, to, you know, a streaming audience, something that intimate. And I, before I, I, so. I, I forget, I want to make sure people know to text Mark Ford to three, one, nine, nine, six. If you want to get on a VIP list and be entered to win a $50 gift card, uh, to the merch store. And, um, is there, so how is it, you know, it's going to be released on Bandcamp, and, and can people can, I guess, pre-order, the live in Germany's, but how does the live stream work? Do we go to your 
your website? How, how does that, um, how do we sign up for that? Um, I think that by texting, you get all that information. Okay. Um, cool. there's, a, there's a service that is going to, um, stream it, um, on the 15th or the 14th. Newcourse.com on the 14th is streaming. There you go. And so what's going to happen is that when it's all shown that first time, everybody, there's a chat room, everybody can talk to each other and kind of hang out during that. So, but if you bought that, you can watch it after that. It's kind of yours digitally to watch anytime you want. That's cool. And you're right. In addition to that gift card, you get all the information by texting uh, Mark 4 to 31996. That's cool. Good, wow. Yeah. I mean, what a world we live in. <laughs> Who would have thought? The good thing about all of this stuff is that the monsters are getting found out and maybe we can get music back to the people and the people who are making it. You know what I mean? Like that's what I dig about this band camp and everything. It's like your money, you know where your money's going to. Sure. And, and, and we're all keeping it up front and there's no hidden agenda or baloney and, you know, I mean, it's like so. It's a it's a wild new world out there. But you know, and it, it, it's only been a minute since we have recorded music. So, like literally in the, the you know the span of time, a musician's job is always to play the music there and then wherever he was, and then take it to the next group of people and play it. And it was a it was in the present time, in the moment, beautiful, magical thing that only happens when it happens. Yeah. And so that will always be our job. Um, speaking of your job, uh, Mark, uh, and, you know, bringing joy to people in person, playing music live, um, you know, people will be excited to hear the live in Germany record they've enjoyed you know, uh, your stuff from your solo career. Um, I, I really, the, my favorite is probably the Wired and Weary album. I, I've worn that one out. Um, and of course the Crow stuff and even, you know, Burning Tree. Uh, I think you guys made that record for Epic, if I'm really right. But, yeah. um, yeah. um, it's a guy who, you know, I mean, live, showing people a good time live, but also, you know, a big part of making your living is live. What is it? What's your gut tell you about live music coming back in 2021? What's kind of, you know, without giving away keys to the kingdom, what are kind of your plans to re, you know, re phase that back in? Um, you know, just cause I mean, you know, we, we love recorded music, but we know the economics of artists. Most, you know, 99% of them it's from playing live. Can you talk about where your gut tells you, how things are going to kind of come back in 21 and maybe what are kind of your hopes to, to do this year uh, as a performing artist? Well, um, right now it looks like there are a few ways to do it and it looks like those ways are even more expensive than it is, you know, because it's yeah. a lot of traveling to get a lot of gear in one place and you got one gig and then maybe one in a couple of days or something. It's just um, the only way to make a living on the road is to play every single day. And the only way to be at your best, like comedians, you got to play every day. There's no way to be a weekend warrior mm-hmm. and be at your best. There's absolutely no, no way 
because there's a there's just this like ninja level that you have to get to in your head, and that's the only way to get to do it is stand in front of stand on the edge of the cliff <laughs> and let the wind blow. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, music from my experience, my tiny little bit of experience from playing around the neighborhood is that people are dying for live music and yeah. Oh, yeah. and they didn't know how much they wanted it until now, which is beautiful. Now, on the other hand, how are we going to do it? I don't know. So I can't make any plans until people start figuring that out. Yeah. Are there any plans as far as just music in general, recording, um, new music? What are your plans? Anything you could talk about in addition to this, uh, live in Germany, uh, coming out. Um, I don't have any specific plans. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, a couple of guys from Magpie, John and Sven and I have been, been in touch and, and there's some exciting stuff going on there. And so we're talking about making some music when it's all possible. And, um, um, I mean, there's so many uh, great people and, and that I'd love to make music with. I'm not really that interested always in running my own band and being the guy in charge. I really enjoy, again, the conversation. And you know, who knows um, what's going to turn up. Anyone, you know, on your, sure anyone on your dream list of who you want to play with? I would love to play with Questlove. Okay. Mm. That's cool. Just jam. I don't care if anything else goes on. Just really have a, a, a play. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's it. Like, as a music, I'm still a musician and a super big fan, you know, and I want to get in as many conversations as I can with people and learn because every time, the only way I'm going to learn is get in a room with somebody better than me or at least know something I don't know. Otherwise, you're teaching all the time, and that gets to be a drag after a while. <laughs> um, speaking of work, you know, um, Southern Harmony turned, Jesus Christ, how, so I guess it turned 30 <laughs> Easy. next Easy. year, 30, 30 <laughs> yeah. next year. Um, yep. If there was something put out to you to do a Southern Harmony 30 tour, with Chris and Rich, and you know, um, under the, under the Crow's name and whoever else was involved, is that something you would be interested in or would consider for ninety uh, for twenty two? Well, we're in what if land again? We're not <laughs> dangerous gotcha. territory. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um, I mean, let uh, me ask yeah. you this. Would you be interested in writing a book? And have you read Steve Gorman's book? No and no. Okay, fair enough. That's why we're, gl we're glad Mark does podcasts. You know, he's not going to write a book. I mean, <laughs> I mean look, uh, I don't have an end, Sam. You know, I mean, it's, it's ah. funny to say, but I don't, I don't know what you know what's going on <laughs> or what's going to go on. And I mean, uh, sorry, I'm 
Hey man, Mark talks with his guitar and his music. He doesn't need to write a book. It's but I know what so. I know what you're saying well, by not saying anything, and it's again, it's so everything you said is so relatable. Even though I have no idea what it's like to be in a rock band, let alone a successful rock band and and have a career. You know, I went into radio because I can't. You know, I can barely play a Guitar Hero. But your your philosophy towards everything is just again so relatable and. Because you're just, you're salt of the earth. You're down to earth. You're just like, I, I don't want to write a book. I just want to keep making music. I want to play music. You're, you want to play with people who you admire. You want to be challenged. These are things we all can relate to one way or another, I think. Yeah, I'm not interested in, in cruising through memory lane. It doesn't really do me any good. I mean, I'll tell a story once in a while if it comes up in a conversation or if I'm asked, but I don't sit around. I'm con- I'm practicing the here and now, not the yesterday and when, you know what I mean? Well, I appreciate the, you uh, <laughs> going a little bit, uh, you know, playing some, uh, having some fun with yesterday for us. But of course we're talking yeah. about I mean, I, you know, the today Yeah, and the I'm future. not averse to it. And it's all cool. I'm just trying to explain, I guess, my, I my thing. A, a book, a book, it's like, I don't think I'm anywhere near the really interesting parts yet. And it's and <laughs> cool. I don't think I've read enough books to be able to write one, to be honest with you. Mm, and I like that. And and I don't really care much about getting involved in this whole thing of what Steve said and what he didn't say. I was there. I, I know my version of it. And, and I mean, it's right. Just, right on. I, I I'm lo- I'm looking I'm looking for the new experience and is all, you know. Right on. Maybe one day may ask me tomorrow. until uh, i guess until next time mark i mean it's i'm looking forward to live in germany because i i wasn't there i wasn't in germany and it's it's important for people to realize that you're not actually going to germany and you're you're playing it safe it says the date underneath it uh may 16th 2007 uh that was the date you recorded and i think it's it's going to be an honest performance because that's how you've been in this conversation and you said how you didn't anticipate this to be released in this way. Uh, I mean, how could you? I mean, no one knew what 2020 was going to bring and all the, 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 the silver linings of how to get creative now, I think are finally coming out. So just uh, thank you for your time, Mark. Uh, the, your next project, please come back on the show and I would love to talk to you again, uh, as I'm sure Matt would, uh, to see what you have yep. going on in the future because you have many more chapters to write. So I can't wait to, can't wait to read them, so to speak. <laughs> right on. Stay here, man. Hey, uh, Mark, appreciate the conversation. And, uh, man, thanks for your music. It's uh, brought me a lot of joy and a lot of other people. And we're looking forward to hearing the new live album. And, uh, glad to hear you're doing well, man. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And, um, yeah, anytime. I mean, the journey goes on. And I hope to see everybody out there real soon playing. Right on. Same well, here. Well, We'll look forward to that. Uh, take care, Mark. Thanks so much, man. Happy New Year. All right. You too. What a cool dude. I know recently he oh. did uh, the podcast uh, Couch Riffs with our buddy Mike Squires from Duffman Kagan's Loaded, uh, who also does the theme song for this this podcast. So they're able to – this is how where you came in, Matt, and you helped me out. Because they're able to geek out about guitar. And you can tell by some of just the comments that I read to Mark – there are we have, I have a lot of guitarist listeners who would like to geek out with him, so I appreciate you know you helping me out with that portion of the conversation, talking about guitars and his tone and his approach and 
You know, so you, you, we, we got better answers from Mark because you were the co-host today. So thank you. Oh, man, appreciate you having me. And uh, I, I think I said this on Twitter, but uh, for Black Crows fans, Mark Ford is a big deal. It's like there's, you know, uh, Kristen Rich wrote some really good songs during that time, but um, his playing matched the ferocity and the ability of those songs to take it to another level. He is very similar to what Nick Taylor did when he joined the Stones. So um, Mark Ford's a, a special guitar player and a cool laid back guy. Huh? Yeah. I wasn't sure because, again, you've interviewed him. and it, it, Yeah, it was for print, and I know sometimes those could be different in their approach because they know they're not being recorded in the way they, they come off. So I, I guess didn't, you just never know how they're going to come off once until you hit, hit record. And just like his guitar playing, uh, guitar playing, it's just very honest, and there's like a yeah. humbleness to it. Like it's you're still you're impressed by it, but there's, more, there's like a, I don't know, there's a, kind of like an approachability to it. Uh, and there was a, and all, uh, yeah. So, which was just, just great. Um, and, and also kind of like this, then like, you know, Mark's from California, but he has kind of this laid back kind of California Zen without being pretentious to his humbleness that you talked about. Like, and, um, yeah, I, I, I know he says he wouldn't be into writing a book, but he has a cool way of looking at things and explaining them. And I, I, um, I don't know. Yeah. But, I don't uh, buy that when people say they don't want to write a book, uh, because they're not, you know, Lindsay Lohan or something like that. I look at somebody who I had on the show recently and that's, uh, Brian Wheat from Tesla. You know, yeah. I mean, is he the biggest rock star in the world? Yeah. If you know Tesla, if, if you're like, you know, in, into that genre, you might know who he is, but it's. Is, is his fan base going to sell enough books to make it worthwhile? But it's his story, you know, that, that makes it worthwhile. So I think that's, and that's what this podcast is about. And I know you know that, Matt. It's, it's yeah, I'm not getting Slash and Axel on here, but we're getting all these other people with great stories that, you know, are still in the ballpark of the subject you want to read about. It's just not from the most famous people. That's not, it doesn't take away from the story. So, uh, I'm with you. People would want to hear um, Mark's tale. And if he chooses to tell it on the podcast piece by piece, so be it. We'll, we'll do it that way. Amen. And for the record, uh, I, I, I need to read that Tesla book. Uh, cool band, and I'm sure that's... And speaking of Brian Wheat coming on your uh, show, um, man, you have like a awesome 2020 list of guests. I mean, it's saying awesome in 2020 in the same sentence. doesn't feel <laughs> right, but Dude, you crushed it last year. What's one or two that stood out to you that were really uh, that you were really fond of, or you thought were particularly standout or special from last year? Well, thanks uh, just for asking and being a part of a lot of those those episodes. Um, you know, we we put out this best of podcast, and I say we because I always want to credit uh, Iowa's Life, uh, TMK Studio. They they're the ones that did that that Izzy Stradlin fan made documentary that sometimes is on the internet and sometimes isn't. And they created my, and uh, he created my new logo. I mean, uh, yeah. it's just a dude from Ireland who I met just from doing this, this podcast. So he put up a, be a best of, and you're included in that best of. 
uh, with we, the episode we did with Doug Goldstein talking about the spaghetti incident, which was, that was fun, man. Doug's great. That was fun. And I will say before it gets lost, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll correct ourselves. I'll be, uh, this late. I, I don't want to do this to you, Matt, because he's such a nice guy. And this is why I didn't want to bother correcting him at the time. We were talking about spaghetti incident and we made that reference to uh, give me some reggae. And I forgot what song you said, but it wasn't knocking on heaven's door. <laughs> and I knew it was knocking on heaven's door and I didn't correct you. And I got a few comments about that. I'm like, all right. I don't remember that. Yeah. We were talking about live era. And, yeah. uh, give me some reggae. Stuff. Oh yeah. The live era, uh, Right, that conversation went a lot of different ways. Maybe, wait, wait, was it because they did a bunch of episodes with Doug Goldstein? Was it the live era episode you were on, or the spaghetti incident? I was on the era episode. All right, see, Doug also doing a spaghetti one, if I remember right. All right, goes to show you where my brain is at. All I know is I've enjoyed every episode I've done with Doug Goldstein and Matt Wake. (laughs) But (laughs) hey, I'll take I'll take that. But I mean, in addition to that. The, the fact that I got to speak with um, with Matt Sorum just blows my mind. That I, I had Matt on the podcast. I had Gilby Clark on the podcast. I mean, it's it's very hard to get into the GNR inner circle. And yeah, they're not part of the band anymore, but they're still part. They're still, I don't know. They're, they're close enough where you if you if if you reach in too quick, you can get burned. It's this weird GNR world. But you know, Andy Morahan, who directed you know November Rain. Uh, a bunch of other GNR videos was amazing. Frank, that was the inner circle, you know. So a lot, a lot of the GNR, like really specific ones, uh, meant a lot just because yeah, it's a it's a Guns N' Roses podcast. But knowing that, it's also very hard, given that we don't know what's going on with the band. You know, it's just difficult. But I, and I guess also on a personal level, you know, Harry Shearer, you know, me being a big Simpsons guy. That was that's kind of like a dream, uh, being able to make up for my Dave Mustaine uh, interview, the one that happened I think the year prior where I accidentally said he, or I, I got nervous and I got stuck in the word idolized, and I said, uh, "Do you idolize slash instead of saying like admire or, you know, do you learn from each other?" I was trying to think of something a, a, a clever way or a unique way to segue into how guitar players of that ilk when they're also friends like how do you look at each other's playing you know and it came out uh, do you remember this at all it was like D- dave was like <laughs> he was like did you just say do i admire slash and my oh my god i was like shit myself right there but he, he doesn't remember any of that so when he came around uh in september he was just awesome yeah. and I, br- I brought that up to him so i was able to kind of get that awkward monkey off my back, but that was great. Rob Halford was great. I mean, Robbie Krieger, um, just, uh, amazing. And, and what I'm going to do more of, and, and, and maybe you'll, you'll give me some ideas now. I want to do more of fan interviews, fan experiences that, you know, pe- people who are at Epic shows. So maybe we yeah. do one about that Alabama show that you've written about, but that yeah, we've sure. had, uh, the, we had some fans on who were at the Montreal riot, we revisited the the St. Louis riot with uh, a member of the radio station down there. We just uh, we wrapped up the year with the Philadelphia riot. I, I definitely do want to do a, uh, a Vancouver riot with some fans. So they don't always have to be all riots, <laughs> but I I, I want to. I, I, those episodes are fun, and I, and I I think it's fun for me. It's fun for the the listeners to be involved in an episode. It's fun for the listeners 
just who listen to the episode, who who share those experiences. So um, before we get out of here, any ideas, I guess, as far as like what GNR shows like, we could talk about in the future and, and get perspectives on? Um, you know, uh, first of all, I think that's a cool way, thing to mix in because it's a form of a different way of storytelling and it right. adds a texture and color to your uh, to your podcast. Uh, you know, what about finding people who were at the Ritz show that were was on MTV in 88? Oh, that's true. That might, that might be a good one. Um, you know, uh, that kind of comes to mind or, you know, geez, GNR has, you know him as men is probably better than I do. Uh, just all these kind of legendary or epic or tragic or, uh, pivotal shows. So, um, but the Ritz is one that was, you know, to me is, I think it has a lot of reach because a lot of people watch that one at home and have seen it on YouTube now. Uh, they watched it at home at the time on MTV. And if you could find people that were there and I'm not sure, um, I'm not sure if, if Doug was the representation at, in, at that time or if Alan Niven was or, you know, just uh, a lot of Alan, people. But I could mm. be wrong because the only reason I, I want to say it was Alan just because it's, it's, it's at the same time as um, the, the the decline of Western civilization part two. And they were supposed mm. to be the last band in there when we had Penelope yeah. Spears on the director of that and Wayne's world on. And yeah, that it, was fun. I was on with that one. with you. Yeah. Look at you. God, it goes to show you, I remember nothing. If I didn't have this, I'm not even doing this podcast to talk about guns and roses. I'm doing it so I can document my life. <laughs> Because I remember nothing. It's clear. <laughs> I mean, now I now it's coming back to me, obviously. But uh, it's also I, I rehash because we're getting new listeners all the time. But uh, let me just say, eighty eight's the obvious one. That's a great idea, uh, and it's also making me think of I got to figure out that the guy who gave Axel a, uh, a a fist bump or a high five at the two thousand and two VMAs. I got to find that dude. I got to find yeah. that dude. <laughs> but right on. Um, but this was this was fun, Matt. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that my first episode of the of the year that you were a part of it, and I, I know it's not going to be the last. You're kind of a you know my journalism expert to go to. You know, obviously, if I get anybody on Black Crows, I know who I'm going to. Uh, who, what can we expect from you actually uh, this year? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I at the end of 2020, I wrote a couple of things. My first couple of things for Spin was on, one was on the movie dazed and confused they had this oral history that came out and i talked to uh wiley wiggins who uh played mitch kramer on that and the author who wrote the book uh it's a kick-ass book all right all right all right if you haven't read it and uh, also wrote something on whether or not bands you know how much you know do bands benefit financially from getting in the rock and roll hall of fame you know not mega bands but um so something i'm working on right now uh, brando is something uh that is in, related to the music on the uh the popular netflix stream uh cobra kai so oh uh, that's my probably God. are you really oh. so that uh hopefully it'll be percolating soon and um uh, a couple other things I'm not quite ready to um, uh, talk about, but uh, okay, it, man, I think 2021 is going to be a really good year. Uh, I think um, 
I think, you know, uh, not a really good, it's going to feel like a really good year. I think, uh, I'm, I'm expecting, you know, uh, some good music stories to be told. And I think, uh, you know, whether it's kind of looking back or uh, new stuff arising. And I, I have a feeling like rocks, you know, um, there are certain things that I think, I, I think rocks going to have a, a, a a solid year in 2021, a better one than it's had in a while. Yeah. I feel like there's been something brewing and hopefully Guns N' Roses is a part of that. Uh, but yeah. I got to say you and I have to talk off the air about Cobra Kai because we're going to extend this episode for another hour. If we start talking about Cobra Kai right now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just finished season three. Oh, it's so good. Uh, so thank you, Matt. And uh, we'll talk again soon. My pleasure. Uh, Brando, thanks for having me, man. Enjoyed it as always, and I uh, hope you have a great year. Thanks, Matt. So that does it for this episode, the first episode of the AFD show of the new year, 2021. What is this year going to bring? I have no idea. Just reflecting on the year that was, uh, I'm just amazed of where this podcast has, has gone over the, what, I guess, four years we've been doing it. So I think we, we've yet to really hit the heights what we are capable of. And I say we, talking to you, the, the bad apple, the AFD show listener. Thanks to you, we're going to have another great year of Appetite for Distortion. If you are late to give it a Christmas gift, don't forget you can get an official Appetite for Distortion t-shirt or I think the mug or... You know, tote bag or hoodies, whatever red bubble. Uh, they, they put my, basically they put my logo on a bunch, bunch of cool stuff. So if you look for Appetite for Distortion on Redbubble, uh, you can get some AFD swag, as they say. In the, um, in the meantime, meanwhile, I should say between episodes, conversation continues on social media, facebook.com slash the AFD show, Twitter at the AFD show, Instagram. Appetite for Distortion, and don't forget to follow and subscribe on YouTube. So when will you hear the next episode of Appetite for Distortion? Well, in the words of Axl Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it, I don't know, as soon as the word. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.